Hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This, of course, is Stinchfield, the podcast brought to you by Midas Gold Group, MidasGoldGroup.com. How about this one for you? The minimum wage is the most discriminatory regulation ever enacted by government. That is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a true statement. The minimum wage actually makes it more difficult, typically for minorities than anybody else, to get jobs. And the higher the minimum wage, the more difficult it becomes. This is bad news from the very, very start, yet all across the country we're seeing this push to raise the minimum wage, including in California where Barbara Lee wants to raise the minimum wage to get this $50 an hour. That is unsustainable. People will lose their jobs. Uh, the economy will collapse in California, already worse than what it has happened. And I'm going to prove to you why. I want you to hear the words of Milton Friedman, not just my words, but Milton Friedman's words. He is one of the premier most experts on free markets, rest his soul, uh, a big hero of mine. So we're going to hear from Milton Friedman. And of course, the libertarian John Stossel also has some great thoughts and stats on the minimum wage. So if you're looking for an argument to push back against your liberal friends about why the minimum wage doesn't work and why it is actually discriminatory, we're going to have those arguments for you. And again, the show brought to you by Midas Gold Group. <clears throat> Chaos in the world, inflation is up, tyrannical government, uh, the threat of World War III, you name it. Now is the time to put your money into precious metals and protest Protect that nest egg you worked so hard for. MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. All right, let's get the show started, folks. Uncensored and unapologetic, this is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. All right, well, one of the things that I've always loved to talk about is the minimum wage and how bad it is for the everyday worker that Democrats, of course— uh, want to give everything to everyone and they are the party of handouts. So <clears throat> the trick is that they trick the population into thinking this is a great handout for anybody that needs a leg up, that doesn't have an education, isn't really all that smart, maybe isn't qualified enough to make more than the minimum wage. So they think this is a big benefit for them. It is not. Basically, if you're not qualified to make $15 an hour, and there are those people in the world, what the minimum wage does is it tells you you can't have a job. It basically puts people out of work. Milton Friedman summed this up. He says, you want to have a jobs program? Do away with the minimum wage altogether, and you would have a massive jobs program put into place. Now, I'm going to play for you Barbara Lee's comment. She's running for United States Senate. This is a congresswoman from California running for United States Senate. And of course, what does she do? She wants to make the massive promise to recruit voters. Hey, we're going to pay you $50 an hour. Listen to this. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs, benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. 
So first off, in her comments, I'm going to play where she gets to this $50 minimum wage. I ran a small business as well and employed hundreds of people over the years, literally. Now, no one mandated that I give health insurance to my truck drivers. I owned a, a trucking company. We drove 18 wheelers for the great company of FedEx all over all over the country, our, our trucks ran. Now, no one mandated that I give them health care. But in order to compete for workers, I had to provide health care because there were other trucking companies that were doing it, and I was losing truck drivers to them. I didn't need the government to tell me I needed to provide them health care. The free market told me I needed to provide them health care. I couldn't hire truck drivers anymore without providing them health care. Democrats discount the idea of free markets and really the threat of free markets. If the market is telling you you must offer health care, otherwise no one's going to work for you, guess what happens? If you're a smart business owner, you offer health care instead of going out of business because you have nobody working for you. Apparently, she didn't realize this. I'm very skeptical of Barbara Lee's small business acumen and what she really did as a small business owner. In the Bay Area, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, $104,000 for a family of one barely enough to get by low income because of the affordability crisis. All right, so what she's saying is $50 an hour because in San Francisco, it costs the average family $127,000 to live. So we're going to set a federal minimum wage for just the people of San Francisco. And if you live in Birmingham, Alabama and don't need that much, well, then I guess you're the benefit beneficiary of this, except for the fact that once the cost of everything goes up, now Birmingham, Alabama is the cost of San Francisco to live. It's not going to work. It's not a one-size-fits-all policy. But that's what Democrats want. They love, and first off, government loves this one-size-fits-all mentality. It doesn't work. Every community is different. And I'm telling you, the minimum wage overall is a bad idea. There's no need for a minimum wage. Going back to the argument that I gave you, I can't hire a truck driver and say I'm only going to pay you $10 an hour. I'm not going to be able to hire any truck drivers. A livable wage, a fair wage is the wage at whatever anybody is willing to work for. If you can't hire anybody, you're going to have to raise your wages in order to get workers in the door. You don't need government telling you this. Free markets will take care of it all. And so just do the math, just do the math. Of course we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about 20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. So California, she wants a $50 minimum wage, $25 nationally. You, you got to be out of your mind. So <clears throat> let me give you a little response here from Kevin O'Leary, the Shark Tank entrepreneur uh, who's very outspoken about this. But eventually, $50 per hour minimum wage. What do you think about the government telling everybody how much they can make? The problem with that narrative is it does not discuss the real root issue. 
California is the most uncompetitive state in the union. It is the worst managed on a state basis. And the city of San Francisco is an example of how you can get to being a rat hole over 10 years. It is an absolute war zone. So why not discuss better management of the resources versus just continuing to pay for inefficiency and lack of executional skills? That place is a loser state, the number one loser state on my list of winners and losers. 100%. Number one loser. And the number two loser happens to be New York. It just fined President Trump $350 million. And by the way, that fine of President Trump $350 million for basically doing business as usual uh, is more than the judgment against the train company in Palestine, Ohio, that had that devastating spill. More than that. Does that make sense to you? No, of course not. California, New York going hand in hand in all of this. So you can't have government mandating this. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Same thing that's already happening in California. You are seeing businesses flee the state quicker than they can get out of there. The taxes are high. The regulatory environment is high. Now they want to lay this minimum wage. If you go into fast food restaurants across California, you're going to see kiosks everywhere, unmanned kiosks. Minimum wage, they raised to $15 an hour. It killed the fast food industry and fast food workers. There is no doubt in my mind that that absolutely happened in California. Um, I'm going to play Milton Friedman uh, as well as John Stossel talking about the minimum wage here. But first, folks, let me tell you about Midas Gold Group. This overreaching regulatory environment is exactly why you need to be putting some money into precious metals. Uh, I am. I love the folks at Midas Gold Group. Here's what I do know about them. I know I can trust them. They're veteran-owned. They've been with me for years now. I think we're going on a three-year relationship with Midas Gold, and I've never had anyone tell me anything but great things about them. So MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. A number of reasons why I would invest in precious metals. You've got the inflation hedge. Gold has stood the test of time there. Gold has stood the test of time as being a safe haven when there is a war on cash going on, especially when the value of the dollar is going down. And then there's the real serious risk of, God forbid, all chaos breaks loose and you need a tender. You need a, a form of payment and cash isn't it anymore. Having some gold on hand is a great idea for uh, for all out chaos and destruction. MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. All right, one of my all-time favorites is Milton Friedman. I told my producer over at the radio show, I said, hey, uh, if you want to be a total dork like me, like I was, uh, as a young man, I would watch Milton Friedman videos and I would study and listen to what he had to say about free markets and I always loved his little talk that he would give on the minimum wage. Listen. Because the fact is that the programs that are labeled as being for the poor, for the needy, almost always have effects exactly the opposite of those which their well-intentioned sponsors intend them to have. As an example, what are you referring to? Let me give you a very simple example. Take the minimum wage law. It's well-meaning sponsors. There are always, in these cases, two groups of sponsors. There are the well-meaning sponsors, and there are the special interests who are using the well-meaning sponsors as front men. You almost always, when you have bad programs, have an unholy coalition 
of the do-gooders on the one hand and the special interests on the other. The minimum wage law is as clear a case as you could want. The special interests are, of course, the trade unions, the monopolistic craft trade unions in particular. The do-gooders believe that by passing a law saying that nobody shall get less than $2 an hour or $2.50 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is, you are helping poor people who need the money. You are doing nothing of the kind. What you are doing is to assure that people whose skills are not sufficient to justify that kind of a wage will be unemployed. It is no accident that the teenage unemployment rate, the unemployment rate among teenagers in this country, is over twice as high as the overall unemployment rate. It's no accident that that was not always the case. Until the 1950s, when the minimum wage law, uh, wage rate was raised very drastically, very quickly. All right, so we still see somewhat similar situations with the teen worker rate versus overall worker rate. When you enact a minimum wage of $15 an hour in California, as it is now, to go to 50, you're not hiring a 15-year-old with no experience. You're not. You're not going to pay that person $50 an hour, and that person doesn't need a livable wage. They're living at home. Right, you're not putting someone on fries at fifty dollars an hour. It's a low to no skill job. Now consider this: say you have some mental limitations. Say you're all out lazy. Say you're not worth fifteen dollars an hour, and you're certainly not worth fifty dollars an hour. Then what do you do? Well, they'd be enacting in charity if they hired that person. I think Milton Freeman's going to talk about that here, and and I'll give you an example of this. When I owned my oil change business, I had anywhere between 10 and 20 workers working in a large auto care business. There was a borderline homeless guy that would come around and he would take coffee from the waiting room every morning. I didn't mind. Happy to give him the coffee. He asked if he could wash windows and do tires. Was he worth the minimum wage at the time? I think in Texas, it was $7.50 an hour. To me, it wasn't worth the $7.50 an hour, okay? that's I think that's the federal minimum wage. I would have paid him $5 an hour, fill up the tires, wash windows. $5 an hour was fair. I would have been breaking the law if I hired him, paid him cash at $5 an hour to take some strain off my workers. I would have been breaking the law. So I'm not going to do that because I'm a well-intentioned business owner who wants to abide by the laws. I'm not paying anybody under the table. And I was not allowed to pay him $5 an hour. So what did he have to do? He had to go out on the street and he had to beg. Where he could have had a job making $5 an hour with me if the government would have allowed it, but the government didn't allow it. So that's where you get into this idea that this is a very discriminatory policy. Um, He talks about special interest having an unholy coalition with the well-meaning. That's the people that say, oh, you know what? They deserve $15 an hour. I want them to have it because life is so hard. Those people are well-meaning. They don't realize that they're hurting them in the end when you when you offer up something like this. The special interests are not well-meaning. The special interests are out for their own good. And in the end, they don't care who they hurt. Teenage unemployment was higher than ordinary unemployment because, of course, the teenagers are the ones who are just coming into the labor market. They're searching and finding jobs, and it's understandable that on the average they would have a, uh, be unemployed more. But it was nothing like the extraordinary level it has now reached. It's close to 20%. Why? 
Because the minimum wage law is most properly described as a law saying employers must discriminate against people who have low skills. That's what the law says. The law says here's a man who would, has a skill which would justify a wage rate of a dollar and a half, two dollars an hour. You can't, you may not employ him. It's illegal because you have to, if you employ him, you have to pay him 250. So you see what the law is? He makes a great point. It's not you must pay him this. The law says you cannot hire him. That's the difference in looking at a minimum wage law. The well-meaning look at it as you must pay him X amount of money. The realist and, and fair market guy says the law says you cannot hire this individual. Well, what's the result? To employ him two, at 250 is to engage in charity. Now, there's nothing wrong with charity. But most employers are not in a position where they can engage in that kind of charity. Thus, the consequences of minimum wage rates have been almost wholly bad to increase unemployment and to increase poverty. Moreover, you hear that? Every time the minimum wage is increased, unemployment goes up and so does poverty. Yet Democrats still stay this because they trick the uninformed. Every policy they offer up, <coughs> they dupe the uninformed into thinking something's good when it has very bad consequences. The effects have been concentrated on the groups that the do-gooders would most like to help. The people who have been hurt most by minimum wage laws are the blacks. I have often said that the most anti-Negro law on the books of this land is the minimum wage rate. And so I think the real answer to your question is that you must not judge a bottle solely by its label. You have to look at what's inside and see what the law or the measure produces. If now, I would imagine this is back in the 60s, maybe 70s. Now, he's talking about blacks. I would add Hispanics into this now as well. Anybody in the minority community that is experiencing poverty, the, a, a burgeoning underclass, you are going to be hurt by these minimum wage laws. And the higher the minimum wage goes, the more that community is going to be hurt because what government is saying, you cannot hire these people. Now, I promise you, and I've always said this, if I went to work at McDonald's with my skill level today, I've got a master's degree in journalism of all things which is absolutely useful useless has never helped me in any way shape or form thankfully i got a fellowship to quinnipiac university that uh paid for my master's degree but I, I i really don't use it journalism is about common sense that's all it is but anyway i have skills i've owned businesses i've run businesses i know how to do payroll i know how to balance budgets i know how to do all of these things take inventory, but if you hired me at your local McDonald's and you just said, Grant, I want you on fries, I promise you, within two to three weeks, if I wasn't the manager or assistant manager, uh, I would be very, very shocked. And I don't say that to be cocky, but I say this, that, that I will give you the piece of advice that I tell everyone when you go take a job, and I don't care at what level it is, you go to work, happy to go to work, you go to work eager to do whatever you can do to help the company, and you do it with a smile. If you are smile and you are willing, you will have a job forever, and you will go up the ladder very, very quickly. Willing and a smile. You add in that you learn things along the way. Poof, 
You're going to be a dream employee. That smile is the number one key to being a great employee. Take it from me. I've employed hundreds of people. Now, if I was to go to work at McDonald's on fries, I would do it with a smile. I would actually help. Oh, you know what? If the Chicken McNugget guy had to run to the bathroom, I would do his Chicken McNuggets for him. If I saw somebody spill something and I'm doing the fries, I would maybe clean up the spill as well. And I would go above and beyond what my duties were because I want the success of the company. By the end of the week, I'd be probably working the register because I'm a spot. Then I move up. But, but this is a minimum wage law is supposed to be for beginner workers. That's it. But again, you don't need it. And I promise you, once I'm working there and I say, you know what? I'm having a great, the other guy from McDonald's, the, the Burger King owner across the street sees what a, a great job I'm doing. He offers me more money to come work for him. Your salary will quickly go up. You don't need the government telling you how much you should be paid. Trust me on this. Let's finish up what Milton Friedman had to say. We looked at the label, though, and perhaps one of those government regulations that you would look askance at, askance at is that we look at labels. One looked at the label and identified the objective of minimum wages. Uh, are there no positive, legitimate object objectives achieved by minimum None wage? None whatsoever. In my opinion, there is absolutely no positive objective achieved by minimum wages. Its real purpose is to reduce competition for the trade unions and make it easier for them to maintain the wages of their privileged members higher than the others. Ah, there you have it. It's all about privilege. It's about skewing the markets. No benefit whatsoever unless you're part of that privileged class. So... Folks, um, that goes back a long way, decades. Still holds true today. As John Stossel points out, you know, Seattle went to, I believe, a $15 minimum wage a few years ago. Um, it may be higher now. But I saw this piece that John Stossel did on the minimum wage, and it's, it's worth playing. These older stories still hold true today. Everything that these free marketeers believe in, that they explain is true today because free markets are free markets. There's not a lot to them other than two people willing to make a deal. That's what a free market is all about. Basically, it is. New York State taking steps towards a $15 an hour minimum wage. Other states and lots of cities have copied Seattle. California Governor Jerry Brown signed a $15 minimum wage bill. But now the results from Seattle are in. Some people are being paid more. They're the winners. But for many people who wanted jobs. The increased minimum wage is having an opposite effect. Costing thousands of jobs and actually hurting low-income workers. You see it on this graph. The green line tracks the number of new jobs created in Washington state. The red line is new jobs in Seattle. Once Seattle raised its minimum to $15, entry-level job growth stalled. It's really presented by minimum wage advocates as a win-win. It's a win-win for employers. It's a win-win for workers. And, you know, there are no negatives. But there are negatives, says Erin Shannon of the Washington Policy Center. She points to stores like this one where the owner used to hire kids and train them. But once Seattle raised the minimum, she stopped hiring beginners. 
that politicians in Seattle especially have no sense whatsoever about what it means to small businesses like us. Most So politicians in most places have no idea what it's like to run a small business. Sadly, most politicians are lawyers. Lawyers are not business owners. Same thing with doctors. They're well-intentioned, but they're not business owners. They have no idea what we go through. And so this idea of a minimum wage is very fascinating because as John Stossel showed that chart here, and let me see if I can put it up for you. Seattle. All right, the, the, the chart literally shows that as soon as they raise the minimum wage, what happens? Entry-level job growth not only stalls, but it starts to trail off. And that's a very, very telling sign because that's facts. It shows the truth about what is going on with all of that. Um, Let's see what Stossel continues to say here. Most people we interviewed said the politicians are right. Yes, some people will go out of business. Others will take their place. It's something we need to do. It's as if they've never learned about supply and demand. Minimum wage actually hurts my chances of getting employed. This 20-year-old understands the effect better than Seattle's politicians did. Raising the minimum wage causes increased unemployment. Rigel Novakosa is one of the $1,500 winners of a video contest done by my classroom charity. My name is Dylan Hodes, and this is my wage rage. Dylan Hodes won the high school video contest. He mentioned a friend who worked at Kroger until her store raised its minimum to $12. She was getting paid $12 an hour, um, but slowly but surely, uh, they started cutting her days, her hours. She was regulated to only working on Sundays. Um So you you see what happens. They raise the minimum wage. You might have some that are well-intentioned. You might have the special interest, all that. Business owners find ways around the regulations. So now your hours start to get cut. Uh, I remember when Barack Obama passed a law that said anybody paid under, I think it was $52,000 a year, must be paid overtime. If your salary is under $52,000, you must be paid overtime. So my manager at my oil change business comes to me and says, hey, I'm making $51,000 a year. You've got to pay me overtime, boss. I said, do you think because Obama tells me I've got to pay you overtime that I'm just going to roll over and let the government dictate how much I, I pay you? I pay you a good wage. You make more than the manager at the oil change next door. You make more than the manager at the oil change at the Walmart down the street. So do you think I'm going to now just raise your rate to pay you even more? No. To comply with the law, I will now not pay you a salary. I will pay you hourly. And I did the math for 51000 What happens when you work 50 hours a week? What is the hourly rate, including the 10 hours of overtime to equal the $51,000 a year? I do the math. That's his hourly rate. And I said, now, I'm sorry, Dennis, but now you've got to clock in, okay? Now when you say, hey, boss, do you mind if I knock off early? You've got to clock out. And so now you don't get the, the, the extra hours that you were getting when you were salaried and had benefits to being salaried over hourly employee. So you've got to work your full 50 hours in order to get paid what you were making before. And you can thank Barack Obama because he thought that I was just going to roll over and pay you overtime. No, 
didn't happen that way. So, uh, so again, this is the situation. Government thinks they can mandate employers to do things. Employers are going to figure out a way to make sure that the free market is still there. And sometimes that includes buying robots. Um, and that's because she was young and inexperienced. I feel the big she thing. She wasn't worth 12 bucks. She wasn't worth 12 bucks to Kroger. She's worth the world to me, but she wasn't worth 12 <laughs> bucks to Kroger. I learned things from their videos, like how many wealthy countries have no minimum wage? Countries such as Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and Switzerland. Nobody knows that. No, no, and especially with Switzerland. Which has much lower unemployment than America. Partly because Switzerland has no minimum. It stops us from actually getting a job. Esther Rhodes won the high school essay contest. Her essay pointed out that America's first minimum wage laws were racist. At the time, blacks were often paid less, but they were more likely to be employed than whites. The whites were like, hey, they're getting all the jobs. This isn't fair. Congressman Olgood said he hoped the minimum wage would stop cheap colored labor in competition with white labor. So although Americans think the minimum was invented to help needy people. It was meant for the opposite, to keep the poor and the minorities from getting jobs. And Bingo, which is exactly what I titled this podcast. That the minimum wage is racist and discriminatory. And yet, go figure, it's Democrats pushing it at every level. At every single level, this is what Democrats push. And so, again, folks, you've got to wake up and you've got to see, I know all you are awake, but, but the American public needs to wake up and see what's really at play. You do the math, try to figure it out, and you quickly realize it just doesn't work. So, Barbara Lee, I think you've proven to yourself that you're a complete buffoon. Uh, you're running for Senate. You'll probably get beat by another buffoon named Adam Schiff in California, which is a total disgrace that that guy's going to be a United States senator. Republicans, though, sadly not doing themselves any favors in California, running Steve Garvey, the great baseball player, who I've watched his performance over and over again. He doesn't have any idea what he's doing. He doesn't know the issues. He's not on point. He's not on his game. He's going to get his clock cleaned by the Democrats in California. But um, that is the situation out there. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Stinchfield. Thanks so much for watching. Stinchfield's Army Rolls, thanks, of course, to all of you. And don't forget, the, uh, don't forget let's see, the podcast, GrantStinchfield.com, GrantStinchfield.com. And, of course, the Real America's Voice Show tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Stinchfield's Army Rolls, thanks to you.